Good morning, good morning, and welcome to your business and digital. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Michael. How are you guys doing today? Good morning. Happy I'm hump good. day. Happy <laughs> hump day. We are missing Andrea. Andrea, we are thinking about you. Our thoughts and prayers are with you and your family. Um, uh, so we hope things go well. Please let us know if you need anything, but we definitely miss you today. So, but it's time to get the show started, guys. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Good morning, good mo morning, and welcome to Your Business in Digital, where we talk to you about what happens with your business when you try to translate all those steps that you do offline into digital. We understand that it can be complicated, it can be challenging, and that's why we do this show, right? We bring together the best minds in sales, marketing, operations, and finance to really have a true conversation to understand how do you really consider all your stakeholders? How do you consider your customer base? How do you consider everything, every part of your business? while you're translating that to digital. So I love doing these shows, this show with my co-host. Uh, always super excited to be here with you guys. Uh, so let's jump into the recap from Monday. So Monday, we talked about the sales funnel, right? That elusive sales funnel, that thing that people talk about and they're like, what does it mean? So the sales funnel, what it is, it's that place where people move from getting to know who you are really to that place of becoming your customer, right? So sometimes it's a lot of steps to get to that place, but you need to really be able to define a clear sales funnel. How do you move people through those different stages? Now, what are the stages of your sales funnel? Moving people from awareness to considering you, to getting to know you a little bit more, to then getting to that place of buying from you and then to becoming an advocate for your brand, right? Those are the stages of the funnel. Think about it. You're slowly just building a relationship all the way through. Um, so what is a digitally assisted sales funnel? It's simply a sales funnel that really complements or <laughs> incorporates a lot of the digital elements, your online presence. Uh, that's a digitally assisted sales funnel. How to manage and optimize your sales funnel successfully. You want to look at the data. You want to go back to look to see if they came in at the top of my funnel they just got to know about me. Are they continuing to move down the funnel or are they stopping in different places or are they dropping off? Because that tells you that you need to make a change. You need to optimize the funnel, right? Sometimes we pull our funnels together and people don't do exactly what we want them to do. They may do different things. So if you're looking at the data points, you'll recognize, hey, you know what? I wanted them to sign up here. They didn't sign up here, but they did watch this video. So maybe I need to put the video in as another step in my funnel, right? So understanding the data and optimizing. How successful are sales funnels? As successful as your data points, as successful as you make them. They are a little bit convoluted. They are a little bit challenging, but you have to keep working at it. It's not a one and done, right? We talked about this. Mike mentioned this in the last show. So definitely go back and check out the last show. It's not a one and done. You have to keep working the sales funnel till you get to that place of, hey, this is these are the steps that people take when they make a purchase. And you see that happen over and over. Then you understand this part of this funnel works. And then you keep 
optimizing it to make it better because the goal is to get more of those people coming through your funnel to become to become um to become supporters to become customers to purchase from you right whatever you your end goal is that's what you want them to do um can building a sales funnel instead of a website for a new business be a better choice sure it's a great choice to build a sales funnel but you also want to have a website and when you have a website you want to consider the goals and the customer journey in that website but when we talk about a sales funnel separate from your website, we're really talking about a landing experience that is really set for that product or service. So people are going through one path and there are not too many distractions, but your website is an important part of your business. So you definitely want to have one of those and you want to make sure that you're also considering those steps when you're building your website. So what is the main objective of a sales, of sales funnel management? To drive business, you have to manage the sales funnel to drive business. As a lead comes in, you want to nurture them to the point of driving business. So the sales funnel becomes really the heart of your business, right? It's moving people again from that place of awareness to consideration to then buying from you and then becoming true advocates for your brand. So I'm going to bring the team back in. Michelle, Michael, what do you want to add to that? I don't know that I can add anything to that great <laughs> presentation Michelle gave on Monday. Right. Um, needless to say that, you know, it, 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 it's still a bit astounding, but we understand, you know, that it's difficult, that the sales funnel still presents such a challenge for many businesses. And it, and it is, it's a, it's a bit simpler than we make it out to be. It is not this big beast that we should be afraid of. Uh, we go through the process in our personal lives on a daily basis. And if we apply that to what we're going through on the business side of things, we can get through and it's not this big, you know, scary object and doesn't need that much demystifying. The information is right there in front of our faces. Oh man, I love that. Thank you. Thank you guys. That's awesome. So, all right. So we have a little bit of, you know, work to do before we move on to the show. So it's time for us to ask you guys to connect with us, connect with us anywhere you want to, but our preferences start off with YouTube. Uh, check us out on YouTube, watch the show. We're really trying to build our hours on YouTube. That's a part of our content distribution strategy because what we're talking to you about is exactly what we're doing on this show as well, right? We're doing this the same things for ourselves. So we are practicing exactly what we preach. So connect with us on YouTube, connect with us on LinkedIn. If you don't like YouTube, that's okay. We're in different places for a reason. We wanna make sure and get you the content exactly where you are. So we want to show up where you are, right? So check us out on LinkedIn follow the page your business and digital uh, we just put out a newsletter yesterday so definitely check that out if you're into podcasts that's cool we're there too we're on spotify we're on apple we're on google we're on amazon we are almost everywhere that podcasts are found at this point so definitely definitely connect with us our goal is to work to monetize youtube so we really are trying to build our watch hours on youtube so definitely check out youtube for us um, and the next thing i'm going to ask you guys to do is to take our quiz. We want you to test the effectiveness of your online presence. Scan the QR code, take our quiz. As you go through that process, you'll get to understand, do you have a strong online presence, a weak online presence, or a medium online presence? Can you be doing better? Are you achieving your business goals? When you take this quiz, it really helps you to pull together a little bit of a blueprint of where you are currently in your online presence and what the next steps you could take to move forward. So take the quiz, take the quiz, take the quiz. <laughs> 
So I think I did. Did I do all the things, all the calls to actions? <laughs> right. We've been so intentional about CTAs in this show, right? I have to take a moment to talk about that because I think last season we did the show and we probably had no CTAs. And this time we're like, okay, we want people to take the quiz. We want people to check us out on these platforms and channels. So I think we're really doing a good job of reinforcing it <laughs> all throughout the show. So, uh, all right, guys. So we're now on to our, da -da 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 -da. I think I have to, I know I have to get music. I got to get some sounds in the background because uh, <laughs> I'm making my, whenever I'm making my own noises, <laughs> it's time for sound effects. So this week's hot topic, I am super pumped about this week's hot topic. Uh, guys, I don't know if you heard the drama that happened this week with Netflix. <laughs> so so for those of you that did not hear about Netflix and their crazy madness with their live reunion from Love is Blind. So Love is Blind is this crazy show on Netflix. It's all about, you know, people kind of connect in these pods. They talk to each other for a little bit and then eventually they propose and get married sight unseen. I think they actually say that on the show. Um, you know, <laughs> I watch it just a little bit. <laughs> but anyway, so Netflix decided to do their second live ever. Um, they did their first live uh, with Chris Rock earlier on in the year. They did their second live ever. Supposedly, it was supposed to happen on Sunday, and it did not happen. Everyone went to Netflix at 8 p.m., and nothing happens. <laughs> you just got this error message that kind of said, hey, there are just, you know, more details, more details. So everyone was kind of thinking, hey, is my internet not working? Is my Netflix not working? Did I, did every, is everything okay? Uh, come to find out it was really a Netflix situation. So what they did is they put out this, uh, they put out this tweet. Um, this was where they apologized uh, and they, you know, said, hey, we should be up and running in 15 minutes. Well, that never happened. 15 minutes never happened. Um, so people were really excited about the show. Uh, it never happened. And they actually, I think it, it, it broadcasted somewhere across, I'm, it may have happened in the West Coast later on, but the next day we got the show, they had to record it, edit it, and put the show up the Monday. So it was insane. And of course, people did not forget to talk about them. There were so many comments. <laughs> people had a really great time. Uh, some people were getting it, some people weren't. They wanted to find out if they were going to get their refunds. Uh, they, wanted, they talked about getting back to DVDs. They did a better job there. The fans did not forget them, right? But Netflix did a hell of a lot of promotion. They did a lot, a lot of promotion around this Love is Blind uh, episode. And, you know, it just didn't work for them. They, you know, it may have been technical difficulties. It could have been a whole host of things that happened. Um, but they definitely dropped the ball around some of the ways they handled the situation, right? The apology, um, you know, not necessarily reconnecting with their fans uh, enough. And I don't know that they provided enough information as to what really happened, right? And I don't know that they're going to do that. Um, but <clears throat> what we want to take away from this is really for a business, right? If you are considering live as a strategy for you, so here are some of the lessons that you can really take away from this. Um, in this digital in this digital age, the reality is that something like this can happen. Technical difficulties happen all the time, but it's really how you manage the situation that becomes important. One, you want to create a messaging plan should something go wrong. You know, they did a lot of promotion for this, and there may not have been a messaging plan 
plan thinking that, hey, anything could go wrong. So you want that contingency plan. You want to think about if my life doesn't happen, what's my backup plan? What are we going to do next? How are we going to get the message out to our fans, to our followers? Um, you want to consider, again, having a backup plan. I just mentioned that, right? You also want to consider as a small business, you want to consider multiple outlets, multiple platforms for delivery, right? I don't know that's an option that Netflix had, but for us, that's an option that we have. So we don't want to consider one platform. You want to look at YouTube. You want to look at LinkedIn. Where are the places that you can go live? Um, and you really want to focus on that. You want to make sure and test, 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 test before you go live. You want to test bandwidth. You want to test all the things, right, to make sure that you're in a position where you've done everything you could possibly do. The other thing is you want to understand your fan base, your followers. You want to understand that target audience, the people that are coming to watch you live. You want to be connected with them and know what they're asking for, understand how they feel, and really start responding to that. I didn't see a lot of responses from Netflix, right? So it was really a one-way dialogue. This went wrong. We did a lot of promotion, but here's where we are right now. So where did that dialogue happen? Um, and then you have to think about winning back the trust strategy, right? How are you going to win back the trust of these fans? Because there's so many streaming platforms uh, back in the, not even back in the day, a few years ago, Netflix was the only uh, one in the room. Now there's so many other streaming platforms and we don't need to be uh, tied to Netflix at that what $21 a month, $19 a month, whatever it is. Uh, we can hop around, we can do a few different things. So how do they win trust back? Because their next live, I don't know that people are going to be that ready to to watch, uh, you know, they may just watch it after the fact, or they may not watch it all. So um, those are some of the lessons that you should definitely learn as a small business. Uh, I'm going to bring Michael and Michelle in to, to, to give their two cents. What do you guys think? I think the first thing that caught me is that first slide that you had up that there is, it got, what was it, 16.8 million views on the apology? Yeah. <laughs> so... You know, it really drives home what you're saying here in terms of having that messaging plan in case something goes wrong. There it is, yeah. So 16.8 million views, 3,000, over 3,000 retweets, 8,000 quotes. And as you're saying, there's no response from Netflix, right? There's just, it's just everyone waiting to give their two cents. And Netflix is like, <laughs> that's it. So I think all your points are, are, you know, very necessary points as uh, for small businesses as we look at lives as one of the things that drives, you know, people to our door. Even in the article about this, they talk about that on the on demand, live just draws people in volume that in a way that on demand doesn't, right? Um, so that's the worth of a live. But as you said, you have to make sure that you've got everything covered, all the just in case. You know, to add on to what you're saying, Michael, silence is not golden <laughs> in this case. It is certainly not golden. And they, I don't know if they have a backup plan for the backup plan, but it, it, it pays, as you said, to have multiple backups to, to accommodate. And I thought one of the things that was a, a, another misstep that they had in this, I am not a Love is Blind a, a fan or a show watcher. Apparently, I do need to because it's making prominent news. So perhaps I should should watch this. But what I also found interesting is one of the second missteps of this, or maybe third or fourth, is when they did finally air that which should have been a lead up to two popular shows on varying networks on on competing networks. They went head to head against Succession and Yellow Jackets. 
Succession's in season four. They're, they're, they have a co-following at this point. And so does Yellow Jacket. So people actually said, yeah, I went back when I was reading the article. I went back, but that was like at 10 o'clock or after and figured out the live component and went into it. And that was a joke as well. So, you know, that was an additional oops and misstep that there were multiple comments on that as well. So it is, you know, keep your options open. Like you said, uh, Tamara, test, test, test and have a backup for the backup for the backup because, and, and as Tamara showed you earlier, we are where you are, pick us in multiple places. You may find us in, in multiple places for your business and digital. You have to be available and willing to be fluid because no telling what will happen, especially in a live environment. We've, we've dealt with this here before, where one of us have dropped off and we had to learn to just jump in and help each other out. So. Yeah, 100%. I also think over-promotion is a thing, right? So mm. promotion in the lead-up to this was like <clears throat> everyone needed to be there, right? It was the it was the big thing to watch. So there was so much promotion. So what data points were they looking at while they were promoting that, right? There's, you know, there was a highly engaged community. So I went back and just started to look at the, the comments on on the, the, the episode itself, the comments before, as people were watching the episodes through there's a highly engaged community there across instagram on twitter everywhere so how are they gauging the numbers and then there seems to be they have an infrastructure issue right um that's what it, it sounds like to me if they are just in a space where they're on their second live when live is something that all these other platforms have been doing for a while so um it's it, it speaks to that and you know what i mean i, I could be wrong but my <laughs> my spidey sense is tell me that there are some infrastructure issues that they need to connect with. Um, so how how do you promote so much? Not look who, who is looking at the numbers to say, hey, this is where we are bandwidth wise. Who's that person that's looking at the data to say this could be explosive? Our first live drew this many people. Here were some of the issues that we saw because I'm sure they had some technical difficulties that we may not have been aware of in the first one, right? So it was the first run. So you had to learn some lessons. So who is running and looking at the data to tell the story on the Netflix scene, right? So that makes me a little kind of worried about where my money's going <laughs> on a monthly basis. <laughs> so. Right. <laughs> you know what's so interesting what you're saying about their their audience and how broad it is. I'm actually uh, in Arizona at a conference, and as I'm thinking through and looking uh, about the article, no less than over the last two days, five or six times did that show come up in conversation as part of a, 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 a part of a conference. The conference and someone referenced it or in you know, lunch or coffee break conversation, it came up in conversation. So that broad audience is broad and wide across at least North America and age groups and what we're dealing with. So they have a, 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 a pretty broad audience to be exposed to in a good and a bad way. You know? So this is, when we're looking at the tweets, I was looking at you know, the reposts on some of these things and the age groups and the the, the, the demographics varied. So they were getting it from all sides. So just as it was bad, imagine if it would, it would have gone off well, how viral that moment would have been on a positive side, but now they're doing damage control and so far not in such a good way. 
100%. And I think that's a big thing, right? How do you do the damage control? Because that's important. Things can go wrong. So it's having that plan to do the damage control and engage your audience and win back the trust, right? Right now, that's what we're waiting for Netflix to do is to win back the trust. Um, and are they going to do that or aren't they going to do that? So we shall see. So that's our hot topics for today. <laughs> see, Michael, it's not so bad. Michael hates these shows. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> no, but 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 just one point that I'd, I'd like to add is that you yeah. know it's interesting to me that Netflix is even going in this direction as an on-demand platform that was you know started the whole idea of binge binge television. So why are you even trying to compete in that space necessarily? Depending, like I totally understood it for the Chris Rock show, right? That's that's an event, but for a regular program that you that's on on your network, it's interesting that they even taking this direction and trying to get lives. Is it, I would rationalize, is it to gain more subscribers where the lives are drawing more people to the platform for a specific event? So that, that's my takeaway from it, from it. Well, so, all right. So two more minutes because I've, you know. <laughs> I know, I gave you some food there. <laughs> they're from a... Uh, they've been really focused on their subscriber growth. They, that's a conversation they've been having with their um, their shareholders when they release their numbers. It's really about subscribers. Now they have to really pivot to that. Uh, they actually just released their numbers yesterday. They missed their estimate slightly. Um, but their subscriber base, because of all the people that have been piggybacking, right, on the passwords, all that stuff. So they're shifting, they're trying to shift the business as well. And also they had no competition. So Disney's in the place, everybody's in the space. And a lot of these people are able to do those things. So Netflix is really looking to understand how can they compete effectively? How can they move away from the subscriber growth as their main indicator of success, move into more of that revenue growth? And then also, how do they get people into that space of a bit of bingeable content? Because what they're doing is they're no longer giving you a show that you can watch in one weekend. They're now trickling it out because they have to manage that content because they were putting it all out. And then all of a sudden, people are like, all right, cool, there's nothing else on Netflix. So now they're giving it to you every Friday. So you binge two episodes, you binge three episodes, and then moving it. The live was a new test for them, but they're competing in a market where there's Disney, there's Hulu, there's everyone uh, that understand how to go live, how to do things that they haven't been able to do. So they're really pushing themselves. Um, so we shall see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. We we could we could yeah, we could dive in here for a little yeah, bit. Could, so I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Their stock price dropped a little bit yesterday, but I think it's back up this morning. So we shall see. We shall see. All right. Well, we're moving on because we're now onto that stage where we get to go beyond the lights. And today for us, we are super excited to have the amazing, amazing Amy Fazio. <laughs> Today we're talking about demystifying digital marketing for small business owners. And we have the voice of a business owner. So we are bringing Amy to the stage. Let's go, let's go. Amy, good morning, good morning. Welcome, welcome. How are you this morning? <laughs> I'm fantastic. And you guys like to party early. I'll say that. <laughs> It's good to be with you. <laughs> it is great to have you. So, Amy, tell people who you are and what you do. <laughs> wow. So, uh, I'm Amy Fazio, and I created the Magnify Your Mission system, where I help nonprofits go beyond what they thought was possible, building a sustainable, stress-free fundraising model. And I do that by working through different facets of their organization to build their fundraising chops, build their confidence, 
I have the best job in the world. <laughs> <laughs> we love that. We love that. Well, Amy, thank you for joining us. We're super excited to have you here. And, you know, we want to talk a little bit about digital and fundraising, right? Because you're, you're, you're moving clients into a space of them thinking about digital <laughs> with their fundraising, and you're also doing it for your business, right? So talk a little bit about your experience with digital <laughs> in the last few years and really kind of moving your business because your business is primarily online. You do go out to different conferences, but so talk about that uh, a little bit for us. Yeah, there's so much to unpack here. It has been such an exciting journey working with Monavan over the last, it's been like nine months, I think it's yeah. been a minute, almost a year. And um, we're moving on to the next phase of how to build this empire, right? right? Because the more nonprofit leaders we can reach, the more we can give them the tools to drive a social movement of support, driving their big vision forward, the better the world is, right? It benefits all of us. So it's important that I'm learning how to do it because I learned fundraising very uh, early on. I was about 25 in my first job and it was community organizing. I was helping to save public lands out West um, from deforestation. And I was going door to door to do it. We were getting petition signatures and donations. And so my first job out of college, a very expensive four-year college was knocking doors, a hundred doors a night to find people who cared. And I liked it. I, I know it's nuts. There was a 3% yes rate to it, 3%. So hundred doors, three yeses. And what I learned through that process, I learned how to become a great fundraiser. I learned how to connect quickly with people. But when you walked away from the door, especially in 1995 or whenever that was, it was hard to stay in touch, right? How do you keep in touch? And, you know, I, I knew how to fundraise, but it was face to face, right? And so through the years, I learned that the digital uh, community building component was an important part of success. And so I approach fundraising and business development through community building. That's the language I use with my people. I study social movements. And if we can apply those tactics, door-to-door -door works, but it's not scalable. Digital was the path. And so later on in my career, I realized to keep in touch with those 100 doors a night, so to speak, we needed a strong digital game. And so a blended approach to finally dominant in the digital space. Uh, that's where my primary focus is, but I've had a lot of learning to do and some really patient support by you and the team. <laughs> we appreciate that. <laughs> so, but, so let's talk about digital just being daunting, right? As a business owner, your expertise is in fundraising and then there are all these things, right? There's the social media, there's Facebook has its own thing. You have a Facebook group, LinkedIn has its own vibe. <laughs> Everybody has their own thing and you're doing, you're helping fundraisers get things to the next level, right? So you're helping them with their strategy, how to raise money, what all the things to do. And then there's this thing that is all these things that you have to learn. Talk about that and how daunting it has been and how you've been like biting it off before, even before you started working with us. Cause you, 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 we walked in with you having a, a, a really solid online presence that we really just had to help you really take to the next level. Right. I know the message. I know my people. I've been in nonprofits 30 years. So the core messaging wasn't the problem. It was the distribution of it. And you know, that face-to-face -face or what I call pounding the pavement, whether it was chamber of commerce meetings or networking events, you know, it, it's not scalable. And so um, what I've learned about what's daunting about it is 
it felt daunting when I felt like I was putting a message and throwing it out into the abyss, like an ocean. Like I had no idea where it was going or if it meant anything to anybody or, and so it drained me energetically, right? It was work I had to do. I had a post, I had to send an email instead of really honoring that it is a very sacred space of your community. And if you can approach it, and I like to think of it as like throwing a party. I throw a lot of parties at my house. I love having a house full of people. And I like to think about it. I don't just throw invitations into the abyss and hope it all works out. It's it's fairly methodically designed good time, right? Um, and so when I started thinking about interacting with my people more like a party and less about technology, it's been fantastic. I've had so much fun with digital. I'm less and less overwhelmed about it, but there is an element of discomfort that you have to embrace when you're learning anything new, you know? I, Amy, I, I find you fascinating. I'll be really candid because it is because it is what I remember when we met last season when we were doing the, the evening show and, and what you do is you know, such a fantastic um, space in pulling people in. But it is hard work. You are in, in the in the environment of sales because what you're doing is selling. There's a lot of selling. It is you are told no early and often. A three percent conversion on a hundred, you know, is is a lot of no's that you're going into. So your wherewithal, your intestinal fortitude has to be really strong. And you have to really believe in what you're doing and show your land. You have to do something extra early to capture people's attention. You are the epitome of what we see in that we have to get someone's attention within less in your space, less than a minute, but in a nanosecond to pull people into your world to show them and you get them to know, like, and trust you early. And that's what we were speaking of on Monday and that in the relationship in your sales funnel and what you're doing, can you talk to us about how you've evolved in what your talk track is? How do you capture someone's attention and bring them in in the first minute and few seconds of conversation to, to engage people first in person and how that translated to your online conversations and relationship building? Yeah, such a great question, because I do feel like we're going to get to a point where we don't use any words or photos at all. It's just like you have to understand us, right? We're going to evolve as human beings beyond humanity. Like it's it's like the snippets are getting shorter and shorter. And and that's true for my attention span. So I appreciate it. Um, I, I do think that uh, let's see, getting people to connect with early, it, it's it really came down to knocking doors. And so I just, just to continue this story, I ran for office just five years ago for Pennsylvania State House. And so I went from knocking a hundred doors a night in the nineties to 8,000 doors in, in, you know, in a summer. And man, did I learn fundraising? And I also learned the importance of a digital blended approach to connecting with people and bringing community together. But you have, you know, you don't even have, you have about 15 seconds at a door. If somebody even opens a door for you, like it is taking kind of that digital connection. Um, it, you're just asking somebody of their precious commodity of their time. I take that very seriously as a fundraiser. I am not here to waste anyone's time and do not waste mine, right? We have important work to do. This isn't for fun or giggles or anything. We are quite frankly, saving the world. You know, the nonprofit sector is an important industry. It's not a side gig or a nice to have. Our country, our world would look very different. And our fundraisers need to embrace that power. They need to understand their role um, it isn't 
those no's are important on your way to finding those yeses. Those no's are important. And when you have conviction, um, you move from a beginner fundraiser to those next levels. And Monavan, you all have helped me define those levels, which has helped me communicate and connect even faster and easier. Michelle, just to give you some initial brush. To... And well, I think, oh, I'm sorry. I just want to kind of that that the nose. I think you have to say that again, right? <laughs> you have to get to those nose, and sometimes that is the the piece. I, I just had to jump in there and say that because I was There's just like lessons oh. in. There are lots of lessons in the nose. The nose will actually help you to convert better in a more efficient manner later because you learn something. The people that that you they're giving you your valuable time in the no are telling you what you need to do to get them to say yes. And that's what Amy is telling us. That's what, you know, that's what I get in what she's talking about so far. They'll let you know. That's exactly right. If you're willing to listen, I do a lot of leadership training on difficult communications and it's about studying the people. It's about actually really being genuinely curious and interested in your people. Uh, and, you know, early on, I like to talk about, you know, four reasons people give and it's not your reasons. And if we can kind of get out of the judgy judgy of that, like you should care about this or and realize, you know what, there are a lot of good causes and people are complex and dynamic and maybe they don't choose your cause. It, it doesn't um, it means there's a, a challenge there for you. You got to figure out, are those your people or not? And if they are, what is it they need to hear to trust and know and believe in your conviction specifically? And Tamara, I think what she just said goes back to our conversation of where the lead is coming in and where they are at the top of the funnel, where you're competing with everyone else. So how do you differentiate yourself at that point to capture them early to say, I, I get you and let, let, let me pull you in a bit more. And I think your story, your story lends a lot to that credibility as well. Your social proofing early to say, I get you. And how do you, is that a place that you're putting that on the table early to have the conversation or where does that fit in for you? As far as connecting around my story and my, my, um, my own experiences. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's really formulaic and I feel I'm a, a very authentic person and I connect with people, but I'm also very left brain and I'm a director level communicator. I'm very, you know, direct and results oriented. So I've learned to master that instead of, you know, maybe at times in my life, it didn't always work well for me and my leadership style. So I've had to, you know, it's all part of that communication chain and, and learning how to master that. Um, you know, I think if you can get out of your own head and really focus on what people want to hear, and I've had to have courage to take up space in this world to embrace this, to become a better fundraiser and a better presenter and ultimately a better community leader, because that's what this is about to me. This is about being a, an effective community leader like Martin Luther King, like the people who have led social movements, who have driven significant change, right? They didn't message, you should care about this, right? They messaged really important stuff. And, and, and I, I reference um, social movements and political movements um, like the civil rights movement, because to truly affect change, you have to bring people along with you. And for people to follow you into war, they have to connect with you personally. So I have had to learn to let down my guard 
and share that I was crying on curbs at 25, what the hell am I doing, right? That I ran for office and lost, which is really one of the most public failures, you know, one of the most public failures you can have, right? But choosing to run knowing there's a significant chance you're gonna lose, right? Understanding the numbers, uh, you, you know, which you guys are very big on, right? And still saying, this is about community building. And if we can bring people together, we can build momentum to make the big change, but they have to connect with you personally. So peppering in personal stories of success and failure is a, a major communication line in my messaging. Love that. Love that. Mike, I'm going to kick it over to you to talk a little bit about lead generation. <laughs> oh, I had a question before we got to lead generation. I did. I did. So Amy, thanks again for joining us today. My question relates to what you just mentioned, like starting back in the 90s and, you know, it's that door to door. I can remember, you know, that the certain times of the week that you just expect that knock on the door, different groups coming to your door. How have you found the audience behavior now that you're reaching them digitally? Are they more inclined now? Is there also a change on that side where I'm expecting it to come digitally rather than the knock on my door? Listen, what, that's such a great question. One of the things I learned is you have to be all in on this. And, and we're going to be talking about how I convey and talk to my community about digital connection, even though that's not my expertise. That's why I work with all of you. Um, you know, it's, you have to be all in on it and you can't waste time whining about it. Right? You can't waste time whining about what's uncomfortable or how you, you know, I'm in the nonprofit sector. So I just, I love writing my personal thank you notes by hand. I mean, they love it. And, and I raise so much money doing that. And I call BS on that. I call BS because if you're giving away your power, claiming the only reason people are giving you money is because of a handwritten thank you note. You don't believe in what you're doing very much, quite frankly. And you're wasting my time, <laughs> right? That's the path to wasting my time is when you don't even care what you're talking about. How are you going to expect me to care? <clears throat> so, you know, I think that the messaging in the digital is where my sweet spot is and what I can excel in, but I need a team around me to help accelerate um, in making the, uh, you know, what you all seem to be easy, the, the connecting online move seamlessly. So it's not stressful. So it's not hard. And most importantly, it frees up my time to, to connect authentically. Um, I wish we had some trumpets or something. Absolutely great answer. So now I can lead into lead generation. So you know, we work together to, to create a quiz and we use the quiz as, as a generator of a lead. Um, so we had a session. So how did you find that process? First of all, like, you know, <laughs> what were you? <laughs> it was, that was the first project we worked on together. And you're like, let, let me help you. And I want to say this, any big shift or change in your growth as a leader is going to feel beyond you at the time, it's going to feel uncomfortable and do it anyway. It just like I tell my leaders in growing their organizations, you know, from two to $4 million, whatever it is, you are going to know what you want and you're going to start taking steps without completely seeing the path ahead of you. I really encourage small businesses and nonprofit clients, um, commit, be all in and, and get the support you need and take one step at a time. And for us, the first step that we did 
that you you helped me see was um, a, a necessary opportunity for people to identify whether they were a good fit for the Magnify Your Mission community was the what type of fundraiser quiz are you? And I'm not exaggerating when this was 30 years of experience coming out in this process of really boiling down everything I've known to be true about the nonprofit journey in helping people see, are you in stage one, the hustler phase of fundraising? Are you in stage two, the serial entrepreneur phase of fundraising? Or are you a fearless fundraiser? And let's help you get to that next stage of growth. It was therapy more than it was marketing. I'll, I'll say that. I love my quiz and um, I love that it ultimately gives more support to my community without me having to do, 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 right? I, I'm speechless a little bit because I love the quiz too, especially when we saw the data that came back from the quiz just after it, it launched, right? So it, it did place you in a position to do exactly that. Meet your, meet your target audience and as well to segment them that first level of segmentation, we got some key questions in there that told you a bit about it. So I'm glad it worked and you know, I'm glad you were able to bring that experience as you said. So again, this is where we're talking, translating what you already know into digital. So you brought that to the table. We blended that with, okay, how does this tool work best? And came up with something that was really engaging. Um, everybody took it, there were very few drop-offs and drove a lot of leads. They love it. And so, yeah, you're right. We, we created the quiz in time for a presentation I was doing. And the result was um, outstanding. Hundreds of people took the quiz in that presentation, a, a large majority of those in attendance. And then where we went from there, because that's the second thing I learned is this all builds on each other, right? Um, I heard you say earlier and over and over again, you're never done. You're never done learning leadership or communication skills or marketing, right? You're never done. And so it you know it builds on each other so you have to be all in and, and it builds on each other so from there we were able to bring them in to the community in the database through the quiz understanding where they are and then develop email and content to help them move forward whether they're working with me or not right they're still getting the benefit of the magnify your mission system with tools in their inbox based on the results of those quiz that's engagement and I love that system that we've built out together. I, I feel like a better leader because it, it's when, it never feels good when people in your purview, in your world, aren't feeling seen and heard. And that's what this is about to me. That's what I talk to my non Digital, whatever, digital, door to door, we'll figure that out. We'll hire the people to show us that. But you gotta ground into, this is your party, man. This is your vibe. You're a leader. What do you want it to feel like for the people in your space? And if it's going to be digital, which it is, right? You got to make that feel like a party in your living room, not throwing emails into the abyss. That's been my journey with this team for sure. Yeah. I love your passion in this, Amy. It is, it just seeps through. And I have to tell you, as you know, as somebody that does this for a living, but then on the other side, I was, uh, uh, when I was taking the quiz, uh, just, you know, to take the quiz to make sure I understood uh, beyond what I know about you and then what I saw on your website, I found it really nice and not simplistic, but easy to get through and to learn what I what I am in this and in the, in the fundraising capacity, because on a very minuscule level, 
I'm entering into a small phase of it because of a class reunion. We're trying to do something back in my hometown and, and um, fundraising is a component of what we're trying to do. And I, I, I will admit that I've been intimidated when I was talking, going through the, the quiz, I was like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Oh, that's me. And I, I didn't back away and, and, and shy away from it as I have been doing in other areas. And when I put my, my business hat back on, I said, oh, how smart is this? And that it was, you know, really short. Your, the, the results when it came back, I was doing this. And I was like, yes, that's exactly what you want the person to do. You want them to nod and lean into it and then look forward to the next thing that was going to come from you. So I thought that was ingenious because it is your, your space is really difficult. And I saw the continuum, as we say, that sales continuum, because it is we want them to not just, you know, come in and, and donate and, and figure this out on the front end. One time we want to keep them in because it's the cost of that touch point in doing business is much lower. And how are you? Uh, one of the things that, I, that struck me as I was going through this is you moving into the digital space seem to coincide, not coincidentally, but good for you when COVID hit because you can't knock on a door. Yeah. You can't knock on a door in the middle of COVID. So that shift, were you already in that sweet spot already? And how, if so, how did you fine tune yourself to keep things moving in your business in the midst of that? And now that we're going back and out, out in our streets, how yeah. has it evolved a bit and changed for you? Yeah, it was interesting. So I recognize, so, you know, when I say pounding the pavement, I mean, I'm driving an hour for an hour chamber meeting to hopefully meet somebody that eventually will turn into something. And listen, I've made money doing that. I, I know the hustler phase. I've been there. I'm pretty good at it, but it is exhausting, right? So in 2019, I was moving my business digitally and online. I had made the decision that this is not a good use of, I'm away from my, I'm still away from my family too much, which was the situation um, I left when I was a CEO of a national trade organization. And so even though I was more locally focused, um, the pounding the pavement, and then of course, now I'm able to serve people from all over, um, all over the world. Uh, so I was making the transition early. I, I mean, I worked with a couple different coaches. Everybody taught me something I really needed, but I certainly started with the core messaging and understanding that that drives the initial engagement. And then it's the systems that can be created to keep them in and keep them moving through. But I knew I wanted it not complicated. I don't do complicated. I don't like being in complicated. I just, um, it's self-important in my opinion, right? So we wanted and you to- You made it sustainable for you. You made it sustainable for you as well as the people you're working with. I'm sorry. I just I'm loving this conversation because you are the epitome of what we speak about here and in, in growth and telling your story and serving someone else. And that it's not about you and that it's about who you're trying to honor and, and bring into your world and make it about them. And, and you are displaying that in almost every point we speak about. It's just the. I don't want, I don't want to say poster shop, but I'm like, this is exactly people lean in and listen, because this is what we talk about. And Amy is showing you how to do this. in one of the hardest lines of businesses, it is really difficult to raise money in a nonprofit world. So I'm just, because <laughs> I want to raise money, right? But listen, Michelle, I got to tell you, I love your story about fundraising for your, your um, school event. I, some of the most interesting work I've done in a long time uh, is 
the organizing I'm doing for my daughter's softball team. I call it the softball effect. It's, you know, I'm working with organizations in Africa and South America, all over the country in fields from uh, curing rare disease to providing autism friendly businesses, um, social justice causes. Uh, this softball thing is so interesting to me. I've never been involved in youth sports and it is boiling down to the same thing. And I don't care if people are giving you $5 or $500,000. They have to either be committed to the vision and the change you want to see, the mission or those you're serving and the hands-on work you're doing. They care about the leaders and they believe in those people and would probably follow them anywhere regardless of the cause um, and the competency. And then finally, the return on investment. And that might be sponsorships, audience sharing, marketing, but banners don't raise that much money. I'll be real honest with everybody. They don't raise that much money, but the return on investment of being involved and seen and heard in a community, that's an investment people are making all the time. And yeah, sell some banners and sponsorships, all that good stuff, audience sharing, co-branding. I love it. But remember that return on investment is people are there for the cause, but they stay for the connection because there are tons of causes, 1.5 million in the U.S., tons of them. You have to be more than a big heart. You have to be good at business. And we'd like to say it's a it's a tax code, not a religion, right? <laughs> I love that. Oh man, Amy. So talk about how do you talk to your customers about digital now, right? Yeah. Because now you, 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 have to talk to them about digital, right? Especially you've been going through this and, and we talked about that in the strategy, right? Your digital growth, you now have to roll that into your talk track as well too, right? So how are you talking to them about digital? Yeah, well, it's interesting. You know, we're rolling it out as we're working together. I'm sharing with my community of clients how we're doing that more generally. I um, my my keynote talk more than a mission. It's a movement. Um, how to build a social movement of support for your 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 vision. Um, you know, the third point in that talk is a digital first approach to community building. It has to be a digital first approach, and. I, I just, I really screen my clients. I don't want to hear that it's uncomfortable or that I got it figured out or that I'm not able to invest there or learn this. It's just not an option. It's just not an option. And so when I'm looking at what type of personality leadership style works well with me, who can handle me, <laughs> uh, it's somebody who's not, you know, they have an element of the fearless, even though we want to tease it out even more. They have an element of the fearless. Right. So I think one of the things I hear is that we've really been able to, you've been able to hone in on the ideal customer moving from the target audience to the persona to really my ideal client looks and feels like this. They must be fearless. They should be at this stage. They should, you've been able to, and you've been able to now get that information ahead of time through the quiz, uh, understand where people are and then serve them better. Right. Yeah, heard. which might mean, you know, I have a great program that I think can, you know, that I know will help you achieve this goal in this time frame, or I don't, and you're not ready for this type of one-to-one -one support. It doesn't make sense for where you are. Um, so, so it, you know, the good news is it really does help me serve people the best. And so I can help them with, here are some resources to move you in that direction, um, because they have to believe this is, this is, they have to have the conviction. Um, we can teach them the digital uh, point, 
But I really work with my clients on the two fronts. You have to have your core messaging figured out and you have to have a digital first approach, but you need a team to help you with that. That's not the service that I provide, but I help them understand the core components and get ready to call you. (laughs) (laughs) What I love about what you said, Amy, is that you you figured out, you know, one, a, a lesson that many have difficulty understanding is everyone's not your people. You have your own tribe, you have your own people, and what is your lane where you excel and that is your, not just your sweet spot, but your superpower, where you really excel and can can understand the vision and where their end up and outcome is. And our community, if you're listening, take that in. If you have to take one thing away today, that is a really important point to understand who you are and who you serve and what you need to do to honor your own vision. And then two, she has the, she is allowing people to self-qualify as well. Taking that quiz helps them to understand she's returning back to them the message of where they are because we often don't understand what that is. And she has her talk track to gracefully say, yes, you, you, you have a great lane that you're in, but you're not quite ready and here are some things you need to do. Let me point you in the right direction. So she's saying no in a gracious way and they will eventually return back to her when they're in the right spot. And they so it's a no right now and there will be a big yes later on at her price point in the way that she needs to move her business forward. And that is a big deal. That is profound. That's a big lesson. Listen, that's just what I was, Tamara was just asking me, did I have another question? I was like, I do have another point and you just ended on it because I was seeing where you're, you're doing a bit of pipeline work, right? So that even though you're, this person doesn't qualify as yet, you giving them that information to get to that next step means that they've stayed in your world. And when they do get to that next step, where are they going to go? Well, what got me here, <laughs> right? Amy did. So I'm going to go back to Amy. So I like that that future proofing a, a little bit that happens as well because as you said you're not you're not just saying no you're not right for me you're saying no but here's how you do better and then you can come back to me at any point in time. I feel like there's a love is blind analogy in here somewhere. I'm going to work on that. I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> There's somehow <laughs> because it's almost like the e- the emails they took the quiz they're in the pods you're getting to know more about them they're getting to know more about you the only thing is that they see you <laughs> you may not see them so <laughs> so one way love is blind situation so Amy uh, it's time for us to wrap up but I want you I want to give you an opportunity to really talk about some of the lessons that you've learned as you've been going through this process um, and you know what 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 would you share with the, the the next set of um, small businesses as they move forward in digital, and I mean the floor is yours. So we we love having you. This was this is awesome. I mean, just again, I, I appreciate how you've embraced the digital. I know it has been a journey, right, to get here. The oh, infrastructure, the is, I know. there's so many things to think about, and you know what I mean. And and you've really just embraced it. And every time we get to that next stage. Um, I, I see you and I see that you're like, yes, this works for me. And it's it's going to I think it's we know it's going to make your life easier. So we, we really love that. Yeah, I mean, you have to detach from the outcomes, right? You have to create the plan and trust the plan and work the plan. That is true for fundraising. That is true for business development. And I think what this process has taught me was new layers of authentically connecting with my people 
which has been very empowering. And I've seen it play out in uh, the speaking engagements I'm getting, the things I'm invited to participate in, and the client leads. So it's just been really amazing for my business in the short term, but also the evidence that I'm seeing that the momentum is building. And that's really the path to sustainable and stress-free sales, fundraising, whatever it is, leadership. So yeah, I, just to recap, what this, what you and the team have really taught me is a reminder that being all in is important. Trust yourself in the decision you make and give it a chance to work. So check your fears, understand them, but don't hide behind them, right? Uh, be open with your team and let them help move you through to the next phase because there's a lot of unknown with digital. Um, so I always tell my clients, this isn't a question of whether you're moving into digital. This is a part of the Magnify Your Mission system because that is necessary to grow. Um, I'll tell you something else I learned just from working with you is I'm working way too hard. <laughs> I'm working way too hard. And so simplifying uh, is really in, important to my values as, as a community leader. It's got to be simple. So you're teaching me very complicated things and helping me build them out. But you're showing me that I was, do, I was doing some of the right things, no doubt about it. But the expenditure of energy was just out of whack. So thank you uh, for, for showing me that I'm working way too hard. And um, finally... One of the most gnawing feelings in community building and community organizing is the idea that somebody's been left hanging, that they need help, they need support, that they've reached out. And because of sheer capacity of hours in the day, I can't get back to them. Even that five minute email, some days can be just too much. So I really love the fact that the systems build, we're closing loops. And most important, when people are in my universe, they feel seen, they feel heard, and they have some way to connect with uh, with folks to make their mission a reality because we're cheering them on. So I, I appreciate learning so much. And I didn't even mention anything about technology. <laughs> so, right. And we didn't even, we didn't talk about your live show. So take the last minute and talk about your show because you also have a live show that you do that's a part of that content generation piece that helps. So talk about, you have to talk about your show. <laughs> Yeah. And the, the whole lead magnet thing that Michael was talking, the lead magnet and the funnel, it's doesn't, it's not complicated, but you need to map it out. You need to understand there are not a hundred ways people find their way to you. There's two or three. Take the time to figure that out. I talk to my community about these things on um, my podcast, Your Nonprofit Power. And we air every Thursday at noon and talk about all kinds of issues, including your digital community fundraising tips and tools, corporate sponsorships. We talk about the myth of the overhead, owning your power, stepping into your spotlight and, and leading your people to the change they want to see, uh, which makes everything else easier, especially fundraising. We love that. Thank you so much. So here's Amy's website. Definitely check out her website and also check out her out on LinkedIn. Um, that's her LinkedIn profile. So check out, check Amy's stuff out. Amy, it has been awesome to have you on the show today. You are, <laughs> this is perfect. I, I mean, I didn't guys. even... <laughs> 
<laughs> I sent you some high level talking points, but I think you brought it all home. And what we love to see is that you see how it's helping to simplify, right? I love those words. It's really simplifying digital for you. And you really kind of see where your people are, those target audiences, those ideal customers. You see your sales funnel, you understand your lead generation and your lead nurturing, and your website is no longer a magazine. It serves a purpose. You've had all these tools before, your email marketing, all these things, you've had them before, but now they really work for you and you see the system in place and you see that system working for you. Um, and, and I love that because that's really what digital is supposed to do. It's really supposed to help you achieve your business goals. So when we started working with you, that's what we really, that was at the forefront for us. How do we help you to achieve your business goals and how do we help you scale your business by using the things you already have? We didn't make great changes. We just tweaked some things here and there, right? Uh, so it wasn't also, it wasn't this huge thing where it was like, we're changing everything. <laughs> um, it was a slow process and there was an opportunity to continue to scale and scale and scale with digital. So Amy, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. This was awesome. <laughs> I'm going to have you back for sure, guys. Tell Amy goodbye. I know you guys have fun today. <laughs> we did. We absolutely did. Thank you, Amy. Thank, Thank you. you for joining, Amy. We appreciate you. Thank you. Absolutely. This was a great conversation with our guest, Amy Fazio. Definitely check out the replay. We'll cut some clips. Check Amy out. Go to her website. Check her out on LinkedIn. Um, I mean, she's definitely a believer in the digital. Amy, it was great again to have you. We will talk to you very soon. I'll be talking to you. Have a great one. Take care. Bye. <laughs> Oh, guys, how much fun was that? <laughs> that was that was awesome. It was. It I think I think what really works is when we hear businesses talking about digital and how it can work for them, right? It's not um it it is sometimes a little bit complicated, right? But it's taking all the parts, the sales, the marketing, the operations, piecing that all together to make it, to, to help it work. So I am glad. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm just happy. <laughs> yeah, Amy, Amy really pumped us up this morning. And I think, you know, what, what it brings to the fore is what we do and why we're here. We're here to simplify. We're here to, you know, relate things that you already know to digital and to see it perform in digital to its best. So great stuff this morning. It was a pleasure having Amy today. Absolutely. It was. Oh. Yeah. You had fun, Michelle. <laughs> I did. It is, you know, it is a great way. It is evidence, some of the things that we talk about all the time. And it starts in, in this room. But when we, we bring somebody in that, that speaks to exactly how it works in their daily lives and how they've excelled, but also where they've not messed up, but had to take a step back reassess and then move forward and how they've successfully done that. It is really, it really feels good. And, I, and our community can hear someone else speak about it and feel and see themselves in that experience. And uh, I'm enjoying this. It was, it was really great. And, uh, you know, four o'clock in the morning was good today. So it was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, got some stuff. If you had a good time with us today, because we had a party today, <laughs> definitely connect with us on YouTube. Tell other small businesses, tell other medium-sized businesses about this show. This is how we help them translate what they're doing offline to digital. That's what we've been doing with Amy. And you heard her talk about it today. She talked about really how it's been helping her, how it's been helping her scale, and how she even talks about digital to her customers now, right? Um, so definitely connect with us on YouTube. Connect with us on LinkedIn at Your Business and Digital. We're on Spotify or 
we're on Apple, we're on Amazon, and we're on Google. I laugh every time I say it because I'm just like, we are everywhere. Uh, we are really distributing the content. So definitely listen to the podcast. Give us your feedback. There are some polls that are running on Spotify. So definitely take those polls. And the other thing we want you to do is we want you to take our quiz, right? Yeah, take our quiz. Amy is also using a quiz as a lead magnet. We love the quiz as a lead magnet because it's a really engaging tool and it gives you information about yourself and your business. It's very specific to you, your business. It gives you a little bit of a blueprint. You want to understand the effectiveness of your online presence. You want to understand if this online presence is really helping you to achieve your business goals, right? That's really the entire, that's the whole idea of this. That's what we're doing here at Your Business and Digital. So guys, I'm glad we had a great show and I cannot wait to be back here next week, Monday. Uh, we'll be back on Monday talking to you about your business and digital. But again, our goal here at this show is to help you translate what you do really well offline into digital, to help you think about digital, to help you simplify digital. It's not going anywhere. It's going to be here forever. So check us out, tell people about the show and we'll be back on Monday. Have an amazing, amazing Wednesday, guys. Take care. For those of you listening to us on the podcast, definitely check out the show notes, reach out to us, take the quiz, take the quiz. Everyone take the quiz. I just did my singing thing. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.